What up? What is really fucking good? Man, man, living life like kings, you know? Man, we got to be the most ambitious motherfuckers in podcasting. <laughs> yeah. We may not be the best. Definitely. We ain't the worst. But we the most ambitious. I believe so. I, who, what? Who, who, who aspires higher than the kids? None that I see. You got to just go for the gusto sometimes, man. And uh, 2000 grind team continues. Super duty, tough work. Putting it in your face and your ears. Uh, <laughs> take that, take that, take that, take that. Right. Yeah, man, we here again, man. You know, recording more fly shit for your ears, man. And, uh, you know, we've been taking uh, topics from our fans, mm-hmm. which is always a great source you know, because how better to know what to talk about than when the people tell you directly? Yeah. I mean, we got to, you know, we got to get the people what they want. Yeah. Got to get the people. <laughs> so uh, this episode, man, you know, this topic was suggested to us on Instagram. Again, if you're on the gram, follow your boys. Our uh, our handle is at super duty underscore tough work. You know, we got the logo on there. So, you know, it's us and I know imposters. <laughs> there is only one. There is only one. Super duty. The only one most infamous. And, uh, you know, we got video clips there, pictures, all kind of stuff. Talking to fans there. So follow us on the gram if you if you will. And, uh, you know, the video shit is coming. So follow us on YouTube as well. YouTube. So to follow us on YouTube, what you need to do is go to either our, just go to our Instagram page and there's a link on there. It's called like a sure buy link or Shoreby link. What you do is you click on that link and that link has a drop down box mm-hmm. with several different links to where you can listen to the podcast, audio versions. That fly shit. Yeah. iTunes, mm-hmm. Spotify, SoundCloud, our personal favorite, <laughs> uh, Android, you know, all of these things were everywhere. Stitcher. <laughs> but most recently, we added a feature where YouTube can be selected. So go to go there. And when you hit that drop down, YouTube is there now. Yes, so sir. hit that box, hit YouTube, and you'll come to our brand new YouTube page. And why do we make a YouTube page, Logic? Video content. So the boys can see us. Come on. They got to see us in the flesh. We're real people. Yeah. These beautiful voices come with faces. (laughs) We live. Yes. The real people, not computer generated fucking things. So go to the YouTube page. We need subscribers. They won't even get us. Did I tell you they won't give us a a YouTube handle unless we have a hundred subscribers? I didn't know that. When did that start happening? I don't know. I never had to do that before. But now it's like they got all kind of rules now. Now it's like you can't do a live stream unless you have a certain number of handles. You can't monetize until you got 5,000 followers. Damn. Yeah, you got 5,000 followers. That just stops people from having one dope video and then monetizing the fuck out of it. (laughs) Then getting up out of there. You know, so so we want to have the Super Duty Tough Work handle. We want you to be able to go to YouTube.com backslash Super Duty Tough Work. Yeah. That's the goal. But we can't get there until we get to 100 followers. We got like 35, 30 today. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's crazy. New rules. They didn't change a lot of shit on YouTube, man. And so, uh, you know, it's been many years since I started a new page. Probably Mm -hmm. five, six years ago. I probably didn't really start a page. Yeah, five or six years ago, last time I did one. That was a waitlist page. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, go there, support your boys. And then we'll keep making this fly shit every week. No doubt. You know, and then you get to see us, Mm -hmm. you know. 
And so this week, the topic that we have is from one of our listeners was suggested on the gram. And this comes from a Sarah Mm -hmm. and a Sarah was suggestion was how do you cope with stress in your life? And that's a deep question. Many your ways, many ways, many ways. And, you know, Elijah and I joked about this. And we didn't want this this podcast to just turn into smoke some weed, you know what I'm saying? Have Ride, a drink, have a drink, yeah. you know, go for a walk. We, you know, <laughs> take a drive, take a drive, play some rap music you love. We wanted yeah. it to be more than that, and because we wanted it to be more than that, we we have a system. Mm. And we got a system. And so if you're at home, we need you to play along with the system. Get a notepad, a piece of paper, pull out your phone app, whatever it is. And we got like a six a six step system that we're going to give you all to dealing with stress. It's what I use. It's what most people who are not stressed out a lot do. Right. And uh, we're going to break down each step of this and we're going to use the system and apply it to things that have caused us stress in the past. Then we're going to show you how it works. And we want each of you to kind of take these these six steps and like apply it to your life. So I guess it's six steps to reduce stress. Maybe that's what it is. Or something yeah. like that. It, kind oh, of rhymes. it rhymes. Is that rhymes? Okay. So that's what it is then. <laughs> okay. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping a culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come close to. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry, but never left their home. You get laced up with bullet points and such, plus empowering topics that they never would touch. You can put your whole network against the team, but Super Duty Tough Works, the MVP, most valuable podcast on MP3. Priceless info, but all of it's free. So take these words home and think them through. Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you. You are now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint. Raw and uncut. Adult conversations. No shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Super Duty Tough Work. We are back. The most infamous podcast on planet Earth. Yeah. In your eardrums and in your faces. You know what I'm saying? Ah, the audio and the visual, brother. Mm-hmm. Now you got to see us. Yeah. Now you can't ignore us. Nah. Come on, man. Nah. Dealing with stress. Yeah. So this week we're talking about dealing with stress. This this topic came from A Sarah 14. Shout out to you for throwing it to us on the Instagram. And uh, how do you cope with stress in your life? So we want to start out with step number one. And uh, step number one to dealing with stress is to identify the source. Easier said than done. Right. It sounds easy, Mm. but it's much harder to apply. But we still have to say it because in many instances, we will have a stressful situation come upon us and we will lash out at things that may not have to do with the source. Yeah. We may misdirect the energy and the thing that caused the stress is not what we're dealing with at the moment. A lot of our stress in our life builds up over time. Mm-hmm. It's cumulative. It's not like I woke up and I just started flipping as soon as I woke up. <laughs> right. Cussing everybody out. What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> Alarm clock. 
it's not it's not like that right <laughs> throwing the alarm clock across the room you know stomping out your own phone for waking you up it's usually cumulative yeah. it builds up over time and sometimes because it's cumulative it's very easy to misdiagnose it right it's much easier to figure out what's stressing you out when it's just a flashpoint yeah it's an isolated incident like say you're driving you're having a great day and you get in a car accident right very clear yeah why you're stressed out from that point forward but let's just say you're working a job you don't like but you haven't admitted it to yourself because you need the job mm-hmm. your wife needs you to need the job mm-hmm. your kids need you to need the job mm-hmm. and you've you've decided that you got to tough it out no matter what for a certain amount of time. Right. And you know that to admit that you don't like this job would send you on a downward spiral of unhappiness. <laughs> right. And you might cut somebody out. <laughs> right. Which put somebody in the face. Leading to stress <laughs> that you don't really want. Right. So the first step is to find the source of the stress. Uh, identify the source. This could mean that you got to be really honest with yourself. Mm. Sometimes things that are stressing us out are things that we thought would bring us joy. Sometimes there are people who do bring us joy 50% of the time, but the other 50% of the time they are high maintenance and stressful. It could be something that we work on, a project that the the workload might just be too much. It might be tipping the scale. Sometimes you take on something and that one thing you took on ends up being the straw that broke the camel's back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you end up like, uh, what's dude's name on half break, half baked when he quit his job? Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, you're cool. <laughs> right, right. It only takes one little thing, yeah, and yeah. and we think that that one little thing that made us quit mm-hmm. is what causes the stress, but really, it's been building up over a long time. So, to properly execute this first step, you got to take an inventory of your life. Yeah, you got to be honest and have a category that says. These things bring me joy. These things do not. Mm-hmm. Or these things bring me joy. These things I want to do. These are the things I have to do. Because sometimes the balancing act between what we have to do and what we want to do causes distress. Yeah, and a lot of times in relationships, it's very easy to lash out at the people that are closest to you, even if they are not the purpose or the reason behind the stress. It's because they're 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 there say that again. you know what i'm saying they're there some if somebody's around like if you're married or you live with your girlfriend or you got kids they're there so the people that you mad at if you if you hate your boss and you come home and you stressed out and you know your kid breaks something that day that that just you know your boss did something crazy you might scream at your kid a little more a little more abrasive than usual right. you know what i'm saying your wife do something or she do something you know like she might come at you wrong because she mad at her friend at work or something like that so you got to make sure that you identify where the real stress comes from this is taking a step back and really taking that inventory to see all right what's good what's bad what's happening what's causing the stress in my life that's a fact yeah yeah and, and that's a great point i like i like how you brought that up because the people what often happens is that when you don't identify it, right? Mm-hmm. You you have this thing hanging over your head bothering you. You have another, let's say, testy mm-hmm. interaction with someone else. Yep. It's not major. Right. It turns major. Your focus turns to that now. Right. Instead of what was originally causing the problem that made you overreact mm-hmm. to that engagement or that that interaction with them. And that is why you really gotta make sure you are identifying the source straight up so that's step number one 
Um, so if you got so I'm going to I'm going to look at this, for example. So let's look at like you're saying, I'm going to I'm going to use like maybe something that used to cause me a lot of stress. So let's say let's say when I when I reverse engineer my drinking, mm-hmm. I the first thing I real I had to admit was that the reason I started drinking was because I was nervous about performing. Mm-hmm. Now. The question becomes, I could have said I'm drinking to escape my problems. I'm drinking because <laughs> right, right. I want to party harder because right. everybody else drinking. Yeah. But I knew I had to admit in the back of my mind that the main reason I was drinking was because it made things easier socially for me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they became easier socially for me, the anxiety I suffered from would go away. And this was all from performing. But the the fact of the matter is that the drinking was just a coping mechanism right? because I didn't identify the true source or couldn't admit it due to pride right. of, of my problem. Yeah, like I'm a natural. You know what I'm saying? I don't get scared. Right. You know what I mean? Come what? on, man. What? I do this all the time, slug. It's, all, it's only 2,000 people here. Can I get three shots? Yeah. <laughs> Bartender. Bartender. Yeah, I have three more of those. <laughs> two shots and two more mixed drinks, please. Straight up. Oh, when we go in 10 minutes? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so identify the source is the point. So number two, number two, and this is a system. So if you're at home and you got something stressful, you should be writing this down. Number yeah. two uh, step is to define your current coping mechanisms. By this, I want people to really think about like, if you're stressed all the time, then that simply means that your coping mechanisms are insufficient. Mm-hmm. So what I like to say is that we should first acknowledge that the coping mechanisms that we are that we use or grow up with are typically handed down to us from our parents. So, 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 so. You know, so if you grow up in a household where your father is calm as a fucking, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. if, and, and your mother is laid back and chill and they very seldom argue um, or it's just a chill household and no one's overreacting. Then when stressful things happen, that's going to be your demeanor as well. Right. Conversely, if you come up in a household that's full of chaos, that the slightest thing causes people to lose their, their temper, scream on one another, uh, slam doors, throw things, mm-hmm. uh, not talk, uh, magnify problems, get physical with one another, mm-hmm. um, kick people out, just not talk. Like These are things that typically, if you're doing it as an adult, you've subconsciously internalized this growing up and you're born with a set of, of coping mechanisms that you got from your parents. Mm -hmm. You, this is all, you know, like, so if my dad was mad, calm under pressure when shit happens and I just, I draw from that subconsciously. I think, Oh man, my pops was super cool. And now that's just all I know about it. When people get calm, I just, okay, yeah, let's work through this. Yeah. Right. That's all I am. Right. So like, as so step number two the reason we want you to to identify like what are your current coping mechanisms because in doing so you can now identify where you're going wrong right and so you've identified the source you've identified that you're still stressed because maybe you're not handling this properly because if you were taught that when bills come and they're due to put it off to the very last minute because that's what your mama used to do (laughs) right then you're going to do the same thing and now you're going to stress and then when it's due Tomorrow, I'm supposed to get cut off. You're finally going to tell somebody mm-hmm. that you need help. Mm-hmm. But you've been stressing for 30 fucking days because you didn't have the money and you had too much pride because you got that from your parents. Yeah, that's so real. 
you know, and so these are the this is why I say define your coping mechanisms. And it's important because if you don't define them properly and you don't identify the ones which are negative and not constructive, all you're going to do is compound the situation. Yeah, because a lot of people I know, I mean, a lot of people sometimes use their use stress to enable their coping mechanism. A lot of people will say like, oh, I'm drinking because I'm stressed out. Yep. Even if you're like, like, what do you mean you stressed out? Your life is pretty butter. About what? You know, what are you stressed out about? Right. Or, you know, oh, I need to smoke so I can stay calm. I need to smoke some weed so I can stay calm. Like that was one of my biggest ones just because I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with a lot of things. And in order to cope with a lot of that, I would smoke tons and tons of weed just so I, it would put me in a different place. Yeah. And I had to really change that about my life. So, you know, don't use stress as an excuse either yep. to 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 in, to partake in those those harmful coping me- mechanisms. That's a great point. That's a great point. And so, like, for me, that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So when I look back at like my drinking and st- I had anxiety about performing in front of large crowds. Mm-hmm. Now, common sense would have told somebody to practice more, mm-hmm. to just go through, the, just get used to it. Yeah. Instead, at the beginning of the process, I chose to start drinking to fight the anxiety. I took on a negative coping mechanism to solve a problem that didn't even necessarily need it. I'm not saying I could have drank, but drinking to solve that problem doesn't work because now you're forgetting your words. Now you're sitting on stage, you're sloppy, Mm -hmm. you're late, you know what I'm saying? You're not engaging with the crowd, you're blowing shit out of proportion. Then it becomes a crutch. Right. Because it's like, now I can't go on stage. I mean, like we used to do the ritual. Now I can't go on stage until I have a couple drinks in me. If I don't have a couple drinks in me, I don't feel right on stage. Like these are the things we tell ourselves and these are the things that we get used to. You develop habits. Yep, it's true. And all because we did not want to admit the real problem exactly right and then say okay well how am i coping is this healthy or not so at the end of step two you should be able to say okay what what were the coping mechanisms that i was taught by my parents Mm -hmm. what were the coping mechanisms that i was uh witness to growing up in my household what have i been forced to deal with with my my extended family uh my loved ones my girlfriends my community because when you look at certain people how they deal with stress is a a function of what they came up in like look at look at a motherfucker like like Draymond Green, for example. Oh, yeah. Like, if that dude, he's a guy you can look at and say, you didn't have a calm man in your house. Mm-hmm. Because look at how extra he gets at the drop of a dime. Right. Any small situation with the referee or with the call, he's always looking to escalate it and yell and scream and throw a temper tantrum. And I have no doubt mm-hmm. that he got that from the household he grew up in. But look at Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, exactly. Like complete opposite. Was his father a military man or something like that? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it's like complete opposite. Calm dude, mm-hmm. laid back, whatever the refs cost, whatever. I'm going to get that back later. Yeah. His teammates look up to him. They never. He never made a bad situation worse. Right. And you got to look at these two examples. Like some of us were, we weren't born with the luxury of having like these peaceful households. And so because we weren't, we took on some negative behaviors. And we have the responsibility now to fix these problems. Exactly. It's no one else's responsibility but ours. And teach our kids that there's better ways to deal with situations and there's better ways to cope with stress and a better ways to cope with having problems in your lives other than going towards something negative. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. It's officially winter. And that means one thing. Super duty tough work hoodies are officially 
back in stock. That's right, Super Duty Tough Work hoodies are officially back in stock. We've only had hoodies available once before, last winter, and they sold out in less than a month. For those of you who missed out on those hoodies back then and have been asking about them ever since, don't sleep. This time around, the Super Duty Tough Work hoodie is black with blue print. As usual, we have them available in all sizes, but quantities are limited. To order, go to waitlist.net right now and order yours before they're gone all over again. Once again, Super Duty Tough Work hoodies are back in stock at waitlist.net. That's W-E-I-G-H-T-L-E-S-S dot net. Thank you for your support. Back to the show. (laughs) The most infamous. (laughs) The funk version. <laughs> most baby bubba, bubba, baby bubba, most infamous in the house. Oh, so, and that's the kitchen tables that he turned it out. The most infamous, <laughs> baby bubba, baby bubba. Oh. <laughs> oh. You gotta do it now. You got, you got it. That's gonna now. be the new intro. You gotta do it now. I'm gonna do a Curtis Blow version of the <laughs> the most infamous. <laughs> You're now rocking with the best. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right, all right, all right. Back in the place. Back in the building. You know, talking about dealing with stress. Mm-hmm. How do you cope with stress, man? You know, and uh, we hit you with the first two steps. We're about to hit you with the third step and this is one that you know i've kind of i have to always remind myself of this one because it's so easy to forget but the third step in this process of coping with stress is to categorize the stress Mm -hmm. now to me there's only two categories of stress that is stress that you can fix and there's stress that you can't there's there's two types of problems right either you can fix that problem or you can't that's it. There's no gray. If you because and, and I have to tell myself this, because if I look at it and I say, yo, I'm stressing about something that I can fix. It gives me hope. Right. And it helps me get out of that stress easier. Yeah. Then you can start looking for remedies. Right. You yeah. move into solution mode instead mm-hmm. of reaction mode. Yeah. Like, damn, I can't do nothing about this. Right. <laughs> That's the other side, because then if you have to admit that, OK, I can't actually fix this. If you can't fix something, but you're stressing about it, is that worth your time? Exactly. Shouldn't you now move to, you know what, man, I'm stressing out about this snow. Mm -hmm. I'm stressing out about this weather. I'm stressing out about not having a car. I'm stressing out about something. You know what I'm saying? But once you admit that that problem isn't fixable, you should not be stressing about it anymore right. or something you have to wait to fix right you know you can't fix it right now worrying is not going to fix exactly Th- to me out of all the steps in this process that's the one i think that people skip the most yeah like you you may be able to identify your problem mm-hmm. you might be able to say you know what i probably shouldn't be drinking because of this problem right but most people have a hard time admitting that their problem is either fixable or not fixable right. and responding accordingly. But but if you don't, 
that's when you start to snowball mm-hmm. and the stress starts to really get on your head. Yeah. See, because I'm, I'm the calmest in my house. I'm pretty I'm the chill one. Me and probably my middle son. But there are times when there's issues that either my wife is dealing with or the kids are dealing with. And when they're talking to me, I'm like, OK, so what can you do about that situation right now? Yeah. And if the answer is nothing, then it's like, then why are you so worried about it? <laughs> if you know you can't fix it. If you know, at least right now you can't fix it. If it's something that's fixable, but it's going to take some time, then it's going to take some time and you know you got work to put in. But if it's something that you know right now you can't fix, why right now are you so stressed out? That's if you real. can't do nothing. That's the realest. Yeah, if you can't do nothing about it. Mm-mm. So why are you wasting your energy and your time worrying about this thing when you can't, you, there's nothing you can can't do about can't do a goddamn thing about nothing it. Nothing you can do. And most and I would I would bet that 90% of people's problems are are that mm-hmm. that you just described. It's knowing that a problem is out there, right? Knowing that it could or can affect you, but knowing that you're powerless to do anything yet still stressing about it every yeah. day. If you look, I mean, if people could master this part, mm-hmm. 90% of the posts on Facebook wouldn't be there. <laughs> Dog Facebook is the platform for bitching and complaining and stressing about things that you are powerless to change. Exactly. And that's why I can't really post there like I used to. Yeah. Because the energy when you do that is not constructive. Straight up. And and I think you have to do it. So when I look at my thing, it was like, when I looked at my problem, I'm like, yeah, I got a drinking problem now. Mm-hmm. Can I fix this? Absolutely. All right. Okay, well, why was I drinking so much? Well, I was drinking because I had this anxiety about performing. And this is what set everything off. And now, so how do you fit? Is it fixable? Yeah. How? Practice, fool. Yeah, straight up. Practice. Practice religiously. Practice, like, wake up thinking about how to be better on stage. Mm -hmm. Go into your studio, have more rehearsals than usual, and put that plan into action. Practice more than you need to mm-hmm. practice so much that performing is like sleepwalking to you. Mm-hmm. It's something that you can do with your eyes closed. You can rhyme your lyrics and be thinking about where you're eating after the show. You can rhyme and be sending signals to your DJ. You could change the batteries in your foot pedal in the middle of a song without stressing out about the foot pedal going dead. These are the things you can do once you decide that it's within your power to fix it. Right. Once you decide it's not in your power to fix it, you should you should be going down the other side of the mountain just yeah. the same. Then you gotta move on. Move on. Yeah. Why am I wasting my precious time on something I can't fix? Right. And people do it every day, all the time. I think that's part a lot of people's problem. A lot of a lot of reason why people have stress is because they're stressing about stuff that they can't change. Right. Right. So that's number three. Yeah. Okay. So now the number four step in coping with stress is to redefine your coping mechanisms. Yes. So we talked about in step two, that once you define your coping mechanisms, what you're typically going to find out, especially if you're stressed out a lot, is that you have faulty coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone gives you some constructive criticism, you yell at them and get stressed out about your whole performance. Right. I suck. I'm not worth shit. I'm not worthy. I'm going to quit. Right. You're stressing about, about something because you have an unhealthy coping mechanism. Now, what we need to do in step four is now that we know, we know whether our problem is fixable or not. Now we have to change our inner dialogue mm-hmm. and we have to assume other behaviors that are more productive. Right. So for me, it was like, okay, yeah, I'm stressed out because 
my performance is sucking mm-hmm. and I don't want to suck. So at least I'm going to suck drunk. I'm going to be drunk <laughs> as fuck, terrible on stage to be terrible on stage sober because that reality will fuck with me too much. <laughs> right. So now I say, okay, what's a, a healthy way to, to, to deal with this print? Okay. Well, shit. Why don't you practice mm-hmm. for two hours a day, every day for a month leading up to tour? You practice for a month or two before you even get with your DJ. That gives you 60 days of rehearsal mm-hmm. by yourself with your DJ and see what happens. And since I started doing that and I realized that was a more healthy way to cope with it mm-hmm. than to just drink and get up there and wing it. Yeah. Because sometimes when we would wing it, we would have a classic show. Yeah. And other times, <sighs> disaster. <laughs> right, right, right. And it was probably it was probably fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then, every now and then, it would it would just be like every like we'd do like three three to five shows. Yeah, really super dope. And then we'd have that one that was just like dog. And that's the thing; it's not repeatable. Right, it's, right. It's completely the chance right. when we would have a good show because we were drinking so much. You had to have a perfect balance of mm-hmm. just loose enough to be free on stage, but not too loose to fuck everything up. Yeah, but I was smoking too, yeah. so I was high and drunk. And if my balance was right, I would kill it. Yeah. If if one or the other was too much. Illogic forgot his lyrics again, <laughs> again y'all. Again, <laughs> again. Freestyle Illogic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, oh, you yeah. wouldn't even freestyle. I wouldn't even freestyle. It would fuck me up that much. <laughs> so bad. So bad. No, nah, that shit is hilarious. So we've been reason that shit though, man. But but also, so so let's talk about some healthy ways to actually cope with stress. Mm-hmm. Right? So one is talking. Yeah. Like sometimes talking to someone who's outside of the situation. Right. You know, whether it's a friend, parent, child, significant other about something you're stressing over. It helps simply because it's the way you kind of get an outside perspective and it doesn't it does not in your head. You get out of your head mm-hmm. and other people can remind you that, you know what, it's going to be OK. Right. Like there's no need to like the conversation you're talking about with your sons. Like, hey, you can't fix this, son. Why are you stressing out? Yeah, you can't fix this, honey. Why are you stressing out? Talking to other people reminds us of that. Mm -hmm. When we don't talk to other people, it's so easy to be in our heads, right? Talking is one way. Writing, we're writers. Yeah. Oh, that's that's mom number one. (laughs) It has been since middle school, high school. Always writing is is the. That's how I get a lot of my stress out. Yeah. Like I never was a journaler, mm-hmm. but I was definitely a guy who if something hung over my head too long, there'd be a song about it. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll write some bars like somebody's going to catch these bars. Mm-hmm. And going through that process, I saw how therapeutic it was. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Because now all of a sudden you have this situation that's negative that's in your head and now you've written a song and the song is dope, mm-hmm. which makes you happy, mm-hmm. which makes you and then listening to yourself talk about it. The, the longer that goes by, every day that goes by, it's that song, you, you're a little further away from the apex of that drama. Exactly. And now it's like, oh, I got more perspective. Mm-hmm. Man, I got a song that's sick out of that. Yeah. Now I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Fuck the stress. Yeah. This, I'm tur- I've turned the corner on it. But, you, but only because you have a healthy coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another one, negotiation. I say negotiation because in our minds, when we stress out about things, a lot of times because we think it's either or. Right. Yeah, it's black or white. Black or white. Zero sum game. Either they win or I lose. There's nothing in between. Either I get this thing or I don't. There's nothing in between. Either I achieve this goal right now or I'm a failure. Right. Most of the times, we it, life isn't like that. Mm-hmm. It's very gray. You can actually define success. It's not this linear fucking thing. It's like, yo, 
You didn't get this today, but that doesn't make you a failure. Right. You don't have this situation settled right now, but that doesn't mean it's not going to fix itself right. or be fixed later. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to be willing to stick through it long enough to get through this, to the thing and mm -hmm. admit that, okay, it's okay for me to take a smaller victory right now. Right. Like I can negotiate with myself mm -hmm. for a smaller victory and that will make me feel less stressed out about this entire situation. Yeah. It's a well, going back to talking, one of the things about um, my relationship with my wife, we got married super young and we used to have a lot of issues between us, whether it was bills, whether it was whatever. And but we didn't talk. Yeah. We didn't talk to each other. I would retreat into my my journal. I would retreat into writing and she would either, you know, cook. She would do whatever she did. And one thing that one of the reasons probably the only reason that we're still married to this day is because we recognized that our problem was our communication yeah. and we started to communicate we started to talk regularly when we had issues we confronted each other with the issues we talked it through and got to the other side of it and now we're much better for it That's so dope. you know just finding finding the right ways to deal with situations and deal with stress is very key to sanity oh totally um we're gonna add on to that because like now another another healthy one to add on unplugging <sighs> disconnecting yes the need to react right then and there mm -hmm. is one of the most destructive things when you're dealing with stress walk away walk away it's okay to not like sometimes the best response is no response mm -hmm. some the people will be mad that you don't respond in the moment but sometimes you cannot respond in a moment because you know you're going to do nothing but escalate that situation. Yeah. Like based on how you feel and what's in your mind, mm -hmm. if you respond right then and there to that problem that's causing you stress, you're going to make everything worse. It's about to go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like I'm a completely different person when I'm mad than when I'm not. Right. When I'm mad about something in that moment, I'll say the, the rawest fucked up oh, shit. Man. And I'll be regretting it later. Like, mm. why did I say that? Yeah. I didn't mean that. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it get. I take that back. You know how I mean that. Come yeah. on, man. But, and so my solution is like, take a step back and, and not see that as weakness and not let anybody make you think that you need to engage right then and there. Mm. Because all you're doing by engaging is you're communicating at your worst. Yeah. You're not being rational. And, and that is only going to make things worse. So disconnect. Yeah. That's a healthy way to deal with problems. It's better than staying engaged and saying destructive shit, mm -hmm. right? Another way um, to address it right then and there. Yeah. Like if something's coming up, if you can address it with civility, right? Like if something's coming up, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Um, X, Y, and Z. Th th this is kind of causing me some problems. Yeah. Let's talk. I just want to let it. you know, like, this is why I feel this way. I'm starting to get tight from you doing. Mm -hmm. x y and z exactly and if it keeps going and i'm gonna be really tight so mm -hmm. i just want to tell you that it's before, before it goes down yeah <laughs> you taking me there <laughs> why you taking me there you know but we have to do that you mm -hmm. have to some of us it's a hard skill to build mm -hmm. that might be the toughest one yeah to be able to talk to someone about something that is stressing you out right then and there without blowing up yes mm -hmm. that's tough man that's tough man addressing it head on yeah you have to be at a point to where you can separate the problems and they're not personal to you anymore right and it's just like you know what i don't i don't know if you have to look at it as a test if you look at it as a game to test who you are your your skills your demeanor your temperament but it's going to take something inside of you to be able to do that mm -hmm. address it head on without escalating it yeah. you know and and then the last healthy coping mechanism that i'm gonna add is physical activity yes exercise take a walk yeah. ride a bike hit the treadmill lift 
some weights, play some hoops. Man, shooting basketball has always been one of the things that I've done to clear my mind and think. Mm-hmm. I go shoot free throws for an hour, you know? And it's just like, okay, can I make seven out of 10? Can I make five? It gives me something else to focus my energy on. Right. And it, it makes me forget about my problems for the moment. Then when I revisit my problems, I've usually worked through some options, um, like we talked about negotiating. Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked through like, what can I do? How bad is it? I've assessed it better simply because I went and just jogged around, got my body moving, which got my mind moving and uh, took away the stress. So don't be afraid to like work out when you're stressed out. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm going to add one more to that. Practice your craft. Yes. Practice your craft. Like now I go, like when I'm, when I'm stressing, I will be downstairs making beats, listening to samples. It takes my mind off of whatever I'm thinking about at that time. And it definitely, because I don't even write as much. I make beats more than I write now. Yeah. And I don't write as much, but I still am practicing my craft and doing something that takes my mind off of whatever I'm stressed out about or upset about. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Okay, so we'll take a break and be right back. Over the last several months, as the podcast has been growing, people have been asking how they can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast. Well, here's three simple ways to support the podcast. Number one, spread the word. This is the easiest and most effective way to support the podcast. In fact, it's free and doesn't cost you a thing. So there's no reason not to do it. If you're listening to us and like what we do, please take a couple of seconds and share the podcast on your social media pages. So whether you have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's highly likely that you've got some friends who share similar interests and tastes and would dig the podcast too. That helps bring more listeners to the podcast and it helps us grow. The second way you can help support Super Duty Tough Work is to comment and rate. Now, if you're on iTunes or you have an iTunes account, give your boys that five-star rating. We need that. The more five-star ratings and comments we have, the higher our show ranks and the easier it becomes for people to find it. If you're on SoundCloud, there's a heart icon next to each episode on the left side. That's the like button. Hit that like button while you're listening. Also, add a comment while you're listening and join the discussion. All feedback is welcome. The third way you can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, the most valuable podcast on planet earth is to support our music as you know Elogic and I are artists we both put out albums Elogic makes albums buy his albums I make albums and books anytime you support our music you are supporting the making of the show you can find my music books and t-shirts at waitlist.net that's the word waitlist.net Go there, pick up something, and know that what you spent your money on is an investment back into creative projects like Super Duty Tough Work. In fact, I have a sale going on right now where you can get all three of my books for just $25. I'll even sign the books for you if you request it in your order form. So, there you have it. That's three separate ways you can support the podcast. The first two cost you nothing. We thank you for your support already. Back to the show. 
the most infamous. Back in the place. We always in here doing the dopest shit. Even when we outside, we in the building. Mm. In the house, even when we outside. <laughs> Take that. Yep. Okay, we've been talking about dealing with stress, coping with stress. And we, we laying down the six-step system. Mm-hmm. We on step number five. And, you know, this is when we start. To, we've turned the curve now. We turned the corner. Now we're, we're getting back into solution mode. And so step number five when coping with stress is to apply a temporary solution. Right. Every problem, I think, has a long term and a short term solution. And just like we talked about how it's easy to think that you can't negotiate Mm -hmm. and to look at things as black and white, it's very easy to look at solutions as though the decision you make right now has to be the long term solution. Right. When you're in a stressful situation, you have to mitigate the damage right then and there. Mm -hmm. A short term solution. You have to think about that, whether that's okay, my bill is my lights are about to get cut off tomorrow. What can I do? Let me call them, ask them, can I make a small payment of forty dollars? Payment arrangement. Yeah. Right. You make the payment arrangement. They allow it. They accept it. Boom. Now you got 30 more days. Yeah. Just like that. You, you negotiated a temporary solution mm-hmm. and a temporary solution reduces the stress. Yes. Very much so. It, it, it calms you down. <sighs> yeah. 30 more days. I thought they was coming out tomorrow to turn off my lights. Yeah. Okay. 30 more days. What can I come up with in 30 mm-hmm. days? Now your whole mindset has changed, right? Because you came up with a temporary solution. Uh, for me, when I stopped drinking, it was more, I never was like, I was like, I just taking a week off. It started mm-hmm. out like that. Yeah. I'm taking a week off. I'm tired of this. That week turned into two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks turned into three weeks. At three weeks, I was like, holy shit, this feels great. Right. I could get used to this. But it all started because I said, I'm going to take a day off drinking. Mm-hmm. And that day turned into a week. That week turned into two weeks. That was a short term solution to a long term problem I had, right. which was alcoholism. It's like, just take a day off. Yeah, because it's just like, can this problem be fixed or not fixed? It can be fixed, but I can't fix it today. Right. I can't, I can't fix, fix it, it tomorrow. It's going to take right. me some time to fix it. So let me let me just take some time off now. This right. is how I can fix it right now. This is what I can do. You know, it's not I can't just say I'm a quit drinking. You know what I'm I saying? Couldn't, I couldn't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could. you can't just say that because that's a difficult thing to do. That's a very, that's a big mountain. So if you just say like, all right, I'm going to stop. I ain't going to drink tonight. Right. That's oh, it. Yeah, that's it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to drink tonight. Okay. Let me see if I can carry this on for two or three more days. All right. Now I got two weeks. Now I got a month. You know what I mean? And, and yep. you do that with your problems. It'll be a lot easier to tackle them instead of thinking like, oh, I can't do it now. Life is over. Right. You know? Right. And that's that's probably why some people continue to let stressful situations hang over their heads. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you want you want that thing to be gone forever. Right. You just want it out of your life. But the truth of the matter is like you may not be able to get it out of your life because you may not have the tools mm-hmm. nor the, the circumstances to fix it immediately. Right. Then. I mean, we talked about like the reason I couldn't say I quit the first day I stopped drinking forever was because. I didn't have the coping mechanisms. Right. I didn't have the skills it would have taken to just stop right then and there and know how to navigate socially uh, and, and everything else. I didn't know. I hadn't built those skills yet. So I was like, you know what? Just today, man. Mm-hmm. Let me just stop right now. I don't, I'm not going to do it tonight. I'm not going out tonight, y'all. I'm going to stay in. I don't practice my craft. Yeah. Then eventually, practicing my craft became a coping mechanism. Right. Whenever I felt anxiety, oh, man, let me make a beat. Yeah. 
Man, I feel fucking lonely. Let me make a fucking beat. Man, I don't feel like drinking. I'm real happy. Make a fucking beat. Mm-hmm. Write a rhyme. Make a song. Eventually, that becomes like this thing. Let me write coping mechanisms. Yeah. But you have to develop them so that you can apply a temporary solution. Then ultimately you come to step number six. Long term. Long term solutions. Long term solutions. So step number six of this process is apply a long term solution. Mm-hmm. I'm at year eight of not drinking and it's fucking flown by, man. Yeah. I stopped in 2010, man. No, this will be nine. Nine years. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. But you know what? It all started from like one day. Yeah. One week. Yeah, one one step. Yeah. And every year I would write my one year sober post, mm-hmm. two year sober blog, three year sober. That was a coping mechanism in in and of itself because it taught me how to deal long term and how to look at my shit with some perspective, man. Sometimes you don't have the answers, but the temporary solution should be teaching you what it takes to build a long term solution. Exactly. I completely agree. Hey. Bars? Bars. Okay. Shit. Well, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, ain't have, I don't need to add none of that. You can, you can throw, throw some little spices on there if you want to. Throw, throw some, you know what I'm saying? Some herbs and spices. But it's yeah. cool. Yeah. No, man. So um, that's it, man. I hope that this has been helpful to uh, our listeners out there, man. Uh, we, you know, we all deal with stress. None of us are perfect. You know, we work through these problems. We get stressed out about things. I've been stressed out about things that were beyond my control. Mm-hmm. You know, and other within other people's control who I couldn't control. Yeah. Or getting stressed out about things that are in other people's control about their lives and not your own. Right. Like getting stressed out about shit that don't even in the grand scheme of things ain't gonna do nothing for you, ain't gonna do right. nothing to you. Man, it's no. just you just adding stress to your life for no reason. One of the worst feelings mm. is knowing that you're stressing more about a situation <sighs> than a person who's suffering from that situation. Having teenagers to do that. Oh, dog. Th- you'll be sitting there losing your fucking hair and they partying. Yeah. They chilling. They like, why are you stressed out? You're like, I'm stressed out for you. Right. Aren't you worried? Why are you stressed out? <laughs> you should be worried. They're yeah. like, no, it's cool. Then you'd be like, you know what, man? I'm gonna let this go, right, man. If you don't care, I don't care. Right. I'm gonna chill. Fuck it, man. <laughs> Do your thing, dog. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna be over here chilling. Yeah. And uh, you know, hopefully this episode has helped some people, man. You know, this is this is something that applies to everybody. And uh let us know on SoundCloud if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Hit us with the comments in the comment section about this. And let us know if you applied this, man. And uh we appreciate y'all listenership. And uh catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace. The Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, Super Duty Tough Work. Huh?